My name is Ayana Castro and you've tuned into Leaders with a Mission. And today, you have a big surprise. I have someone who can definitely help you check into your health in a way that can go to the root of the problem. So let me tell you a little bit about him. His name is Dr. Michael Foreman and he is on a mission to help people get to the root of their health problems. Helping people get their health back is his passion. I believe is his purpose. He has a double doctorate degree. That's right, I said it, double doctorate degree with a specialization in immunology and oriental medicine. He has been involved in the healing arts for many, many years and recently wrote a book called The Root Cause Connection to help people gain back control of their health and be empowered to claim back their health. And with you, Dr. Michael Foreman. Hello, Diane. <laughs> Dr. Michael Foreman, I have to tell you, as I was reading your bio with all the bells and whistles, we, I mean, I know you for a long time, I was like, how am I going to capture the essence? And like I mentioned to you, I, I went down to the heart of what it is, which is that you are so invested in healing from the source rather than managing and putting like little band-aids on top of things and that's something that i want to command you for and i want to thank you for stepping into leadership into that and we're here because guess what people we have his second book root cause connection the only pathway to evolutionary harmony when it comes to health can you tell us a little bit about how was the journey of creating this and what is this book about? Well, the book is about the one problem that we have in health, the real problem that we have in health. And it seems to be so difficult for the experts to say it. And I don't actually know why, although I spent quite a, quite a bit of time myself trying to delve into smaller and smaller and smaller bits of problems to understand them deeper. And it wasn't really until I completed um, a lot of work in immunology that I understood what the main problem is. And the main problem is immunological deficiency that's caused by stressors, stressors, things in our environment that are incompatible with our biological system. They just don't match. There's a mismatch. There's biology, and there's modernity, and they don't match, and it's making us sick. And our adaptation to these, these uh, stressors and this mismatch are diseases, is cancer, is autoimmune diseases, is the plethora of chronic degenerative diseases and just chronic diseases in general. So I have really decided that it's, it, it's very similar to, you know, there, there's a stairway and it has water at the top. And so I can stand there and I can wait for somebody to come there. And as they start slipping, I can heroically run out and grab them. And I'll be on the six o'clock news. I'll be a hero. I'll be an expert, probably be promoted to the next level of what I do. Or I can put a sign up that says wet stairs. Don't go down there. Or like clean the stairs. Or clean the stairs, but more importantly, I can warn people in general. I can let people know the hazard that's right in front of them, but it's just not glamorous. It's not sexy, and it's not a big moneymaker. Got it. What I'm hearing you say is, we have grown as a society, 
and we have created these new technologies and these new things that make our lives easier or faster or convenient. And with that, there comes a price to pay when we forget to come back to basics and to our humanity. Like what's true for our body? Like what is really um, works with years and years of evolution that has kept us healthy or that has given us the ability to heal on our own. Am I reading you correctly? Similar. It's, you know, the notion of thank God for modern medicine that saved humanity from extinction is preposterous, of course, yet it's a prevailing thought out there. But it's not true. If we needed hospitals and doctors to save humanity, of course, we'd all be dead already for a very, very long time. So there are built-in mechanisms that keep us alive. And what the mechanisms are is it's adaptation. So any time throughout history that any disease, any virus, any uh, climate change, any calamity came, of course, people died, things died. But what we are is the absolute perfect representation of what nature created. And the reason I say that is because anything that did not adapt is dead. It is gone. It's extinct. It's like saying, I want to be president of the United States and anybody who gets in my way will die. I'm going to make it. And that's what nature did for us. It gave us natural selection. And with natural selection, anything that didn't go along with it is dead. So the idea that we need to correct nature is preposterous. We actually have to return to it Back to nature. because it's the only thing our biology Knows. can operate on and exist with. I love that. Yes. Our bodies have innate intelligence to get us back to health. Like we cut ourselves, our body knows exactly how to go back and heal. And forgetting that we have that within us is Absolutely. Of course, there have been emergency interventions for time immemorial. If somebody is bleeding on the floor, I'm going to use a tourniquet. I'm going to stop the bleeding. What's happened in medicine is we've gone full force down the emergency medicine pathway, which is great because 40 to 50 percent are emergencies. Actually, someone got in a car accident. They had a heart attack. God forbid they have terrible cancer, whatever the situation. This is emergency medicine. And to some extent, I think we're kind of going along the right path to handle that. But 50 to 60% of health problems are chronic problems, are degenerative problems, are the result of a mismatch between our, bio our biology and the water we drink and the air we breathe and the food we eat and the medicines we take and the radiation we surround ourselves with. And that's what I know it's part of this conversation that you're leading here. To lay out the myths that we've bought as truths, can you share a little bit with us about some of those myths and- Absolutely. And so that I want more people to have access to this information. And they really should. The thing is, is the myths are a very detailed demonstration of the main problem, which is counterfactual thinking. So we have counterfactual beliefs. We actually walk around every day, all the time, believing something is real or something is true. It's literally not true. But it has nothing to do with being smart. It has to do with 
processing certain information that comes in and a confirmation bias that happens. So we readily accept any information or any new things that support what we want to believe or we do believe, and we abjectly reject anything that opposes it. And over time, our view or our system, our medical system, whatever it is, becomes narrower and narrower and narrower because the influence involved is cut out. There were people in 1550, smarter than you and I combined, who thought the world was flat. They absolutely did. They believed it to the point where they wanted to hang or burn at the stake Galileo if he wasn't going to retract his declaration that it was round and that it moved around the sun instead of the sun moving around the earth. Well, from an observation standpoint, if you watch the sun set in the west, it kind of does look like it revolves around the earth. So it's a paradigm. But it's a fixed paradigm that even in the face of information to the contrary, they couldn't take it. They couldn't change their paradigm. So it didn't stop them from living. It didn't stop them from functioning. Okay, they functioned worse. For example, Portuguese ships had to throw live horses off of the ship at the Cape of Good Hope because the water was so intense, the seas were so high, they, could, they were going to sink because they didn't know they could go straight around the middle of the globe. They didn't know that they could circumnavigate the globe, et cetera, et cetera. So you see, counterfactual beliefs get us in a lot of trouble, but it isn't about how smart we are. It's about critical thinking. It's about our ability to avoid confirmation bias, our ability to not accept sound bites as information, but to say, well, that's interesting. I'm Let curious. me look into that. I'm curious. Like opening curiosity. Where did you curiosity. find that out? I love that. It's, I feel like what you're doing is an invitation to, are you open to the idea of what if? What if what you believed? X. And what if this? And, and giving people the opportunity to expand their minds, to see things from a different perspective so that they can now take back control, like be more involved, not just be a victim of, oh, that's the way it is. Like one of your myths that I, I read is, it's, it's my genetics. It's because of my genetics are like this. So this is the way that I'm like, this is what it is, right? And what if it wasn't? What if it's the result of something else? Absolutely. And the whole concept of genetics is misused and misunderstood. There's a huge difference between something that's genetic and something that's inherited. These are not the same thing at all. I can name for you on my fingers practically the diseases that are actually inherited from one generation to the next. For example, hemophilia, sickle cell anemia, Tay-Sachs disease, cystic fibrosis. I mean, these are the Mendelian inherited things based on a recessive and a dominant gene. And if two parents have the gene, 50% of the children are going to get it. Absolutely. That has nothing to do with the proclivity or the, the predestination to have diabetes, hypothyroidism, migraine headaches, high blood pressure, etc. These are not inherited. What they are is they are epigenetic things. Epigenetics is the force of environmental and cultural concerns on the genes. And this is a proven fact. This is a scientific fact that it requires more than a gene in any case to express. It requires actually four full different factors for a gene to express. And out of the three billion 
uh, pairs of genes that have finally been mapped as of 2003, not all understood, most of them are dormant. They don't act. We have genes from a billion years ago that just have no place in the world now and will never express, but they're part of the chromosome. I love it. This is so much amazing information that you have here to share. And every time I meet someone, I, I have to tell them, Dr. Foreman is the big deal. You have like PhD, doctorate degree, you're a diplomat of oriental medicine, you're a clinical nutritionist, you're a neuropath. Like you have so many tools in your belt that I feel like give you this authority to speak from a place of let's go back to not just managing your symptoms. Your symptoms are just a result of something deeper. And I love that you you have this soul of an investigator soul. Like you you really love the the search. So thank you for that. I want to ask you a question because this is, you know, this is part of the show and it's what is your personal definition of leadership, especially when it comes to your field, to what you do? Well, in my view, uh, leadership is the demonstration of something. It's doing something. It's taking the front of the field and doing it. And through demonstrating it and through doing it, of course, there's a call to action for others to follow you. So this is how I view it. That's beautiful. And I feel like you are taking the lead. You are being brave and speaking truth so that we get to know more in depth what it is really going on for our health and for our children and to create a better future for ourselves. So thank you so much. And before, because this is obviously what I would, I would, I want to put in every person's um, living room. Um, but I also wonder what are, books that inspire you? What are things that you feel people, um, if they get their hands on them, they will have a bigger perspective? What would you recommend people um, reading? Well, the most informative and influential book I've seen in the past 20 years or so is Sapiens by Novel Harari. Yuval Noah Harari, a professor at Hebrew University in Tel Aviv, who wrote this book, Sapiens, that truly puts into perspective modern development as it has related to evolutionary reality. This is a very good fundamental foundation for people to understand who we are actually, biologically. What were our ancestors doing? How have we evolved, created? What has been eliminated from the world and the environment? And how does that relate to what we're doing now? And how does that relate to where we're beelining to? Dr. Foreman, so where can we know more about this? Where can we find more information about the book? Where can we people find you? Well, the best place to find me regarding these concepts is a private Facebook group we call Root Cause Connection. So they can join our group at Root Cause Connection, very informative. Uh, there's a live interview every, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a live interview every Monday at three o'clock. And that interview is taped. You can also go to the website, www.rootcauseconnection.com, or they can even call my office for a consultation. And then I'll tell you the number, it's 305-741-2102. Beautiful. This is functional medicine at its best, integrative 
in all the ways. Thank you so much, Thank so, you, so, 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 so much for doing all you do. And for all of you who are looking to amplify your mission to the world with the power of video, I'm going to ask you to visit us at fourproductions.com. See you on the next one.